My friends, uh, welcome to the intro for this week's Super Divorce Supercast. Um, we have uh, a show that runs the gamut of emotions. A little bit. Last week we got kind of spicy. I think we got spicy again this week, but it also ended on kind of a... I don't want to say somber, but it was like very a very introspective ending introspective uh with a positive lean yeah yeah not brooding no no um we're trying we're trying to empower mm-hmm. but we had to confront some things we did we had to address some things in this which episode is, which is what which is how you empower exactly you have to address to be empowered it's a microcosm it's a microcosm <laughs> Put the ending of this show. So yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, please, if you're uh, listening or watching on YouTube, if you're just looking at that picture on YouTube and you're here, please go ahead and subscribe to this channel, like this video while you're here, and bong the gong for notifications so that you know when we go live. Uh, for instance, just after we wrap up this episode. We are going to go downstairs to my basement, and we're going to do a live video of us practicing our set for our show next week, which we haven't really done. We don't do much live music, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, you know, and if you're just joining us, um, we are the synth-pop duo Super Divorce. This is the Super Divorce Supercast, which, you know, you'll find out in the actual episode, too. But, uh... Yeah, so we'll be practicing our music. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, if you're listening online, please head on over to YouTube. Subscribe, Bond the Gong, all that jazz. But also, thank you for checking out SuperDivorceMe.com. Uh, this is your one-stop shop for the Super Divorce Superverse. We've got the Supercast here. Hopefully, uh, here soon, we'll get started with super scary and super fanatics that's kind of in the works at the moment we're bubbling up a lot of stuff from the past um should be able to look forward to a new episode of super divorce gets beer and while you're on the website be sure to check out the super store where you can find all kinds of super merch uh for example our album action figures is available on cd cassette or vinyl record and uh, you can also pick up a super divorce rules t-shirt to let everybody know that uh, we rule yeah um if you'd like to follow us individually on uh social media you can follow me bender on instagram at bender uh you can also follow me on twitter at bender plural and please check out uh, Monday Monster Movies on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and today we just launched an Instagram. So I believe it's at Monday Monster Movies for our Instagram. At Monday Monster Movies. That's mom, M-O-M. S-T-E-R. Monster Movies. Mary Omega Mary. Yeah, so check that out. Give that a like. New videos weekly. We're looking to hopefully up that at some point have maybe two videos a week and i don't know if i told you this but we're gonna flip the script we're gonna flip the script mom is gonna pick classic movies oh. for me to watch and guess what we're gonna call it what 
Cinema Sunday. Oh. S-O-N-D-A-Y, boy. Cinema <laughs> Sunday. So that's uh, that's kind of in the works, sort of. We're going to wait until Monster Movies is a little bit more built up. Yeah. But that's coming out, you know, at some point. So expand the brand please check that shit out because mom and i have a super fun time doing it if you want to follow me on social media i'm mostly on twitter these days at nicholas villars though i've really just been using the super divorce account for pretty much everything so um if you see something that we've liked or that we retweeted um you and you don't agree with it you don't like it you can get mad at me bender is not the one doing that it's not Uh, me i'm not on twitter um, but, uh, at super divorce on Twitter at super divorce band on Instagram. And then if you want to follow me personally at Nicholas Villars on Twitter, uh, same deal on Instagram there. So with that, please look forward to this episode of the super divorce Supercast. Enjoy chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Divorce. Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas and Bender. We make up the synth pop duo known as Super Divorce. Yes. Um, this is uh, episode 94. Yes, it is. Episode 94. It's pretty cool. Pretty. It's still exciting. It's like exciting every time now because we're so close to 100. Yeah, we're getting there. Still, don't, we haven't made any plans for 100 yet. But it's gotta no, be cool. We should. It needs to be cool. We should have a lot of guests. Yeah. Maybe some new faces. That'd be cool. My mom should be on. She would too. That'd obviously. I wonder uh, if we could. Uh, I wonder if maybe we could do episode 100, um, like at the studio where my dad works, to have enough. If we had like like room. Yeah, like for, a big for everybody. A big round table. Yeah. With, with many different guests. That would be fun. Something like that. I think we'd have to, we'd really have to like break it down though. And you'd sort of have to like focus. If you're going to have that many people, mm-hmm. you kind of have to like, okay, welcome. Mm-hmm. Almost like a, a talk show. Yeah. You know, now welcoming. And then we talk about, talk about them, whatever. Little segments. Little, maybe little segments or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could get dynamite on for the hundredth episode. Cause we've never had like, you know, another band on or anything. That'd be cool. I think uh, a lot of the dudes in Abertooth are, like, moving back to Dayton. Oh, are they? Like, buying houses and moving back. Because I think uh, Andrew was living in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I want to say, and he bought a house in Dayton. And I think James did the same living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. His He's bought a house. Back. I believe so. Cool. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty neat, because that means, I mean, they've kept their presence up pretty hardy mm-hmm. since, you know, kind of moving like that. They played enough in the area, but um, mm. still nice to have them back. You know, kind of in town. Real quick, sorry. Speaking of Abertooth Lincoln, um, Andrew messaged me the other day, and he was like, "Hey, um, basically, long story short, he was like, I we have this music video, and I want you to see it uh, because I really value your opinion." Uh, and then he was like, uh, so just, but like, you just have to be totally honest. You have to be super honest. That's all I'm asking. You know, like any 
artist does. And uh, so he sent me the, he emailed me the video in a Dropbox, and I got to watch it. And uh, it's dope. Yeah. It's cool. It's a really cool video. It's very political, as they are as a band. Yeah. But um, it's really, it's really, really, really good. And the song's really good. I think it's a new track. Hmm. It could be off of their EP that they released. Um, forgive me, I don't know, Andrew. But still, it's a really sweet video, and I'm excited about it. Oh, so. I think he's editing it himself. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Sounds like I might disagree with the subject matter, but you might a little bit. But I'll agree if it's a cool video. It's a cool video, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a cool video. That's cool. Um, well done, you know. I hope that it, uh, I hope it gets millions of views. Yes, <laughs> same. Um, yeah, if they're going to be back around this area, it'd be fun to play together again. Absolutely. Sometime. I uh, I actually speaking of before we do beer me. Yeah. Uh, on local bands. Uh, have you heard of the Oids, I think is their name? The or just Oids. Oids? Or just Oids? Uh-uh. No? Uh, they released an album pretty recently, an EP, and they have, I mean, they're not exactly like us, but they sound inspired by some of the same groups, um, and they played Blind Bobs a few times, I think. Uh, I emailed them or messaged them on Facebook about possibly jumping on that uh, September show with us. Oh, cool. But they never wrote me back. So well, fuck them then. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, I thought it would have been a, a cool fit, but well, maybe we can. Do we need me. another another player? Uh, yeah, I was I was messaging back and forth with uh, Brandon from mm-hmm. Line Bobs because we need to figure out another band to jump on, and uh, they said that they would help us way back, like if we hadn't found anyone, that they would help us find another local from Dayton. So. I don't know if they're on the case yet or what, but... Well, we could always tap Abertooth. If they're going to be around, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd, so. be a, that'd be quite the show. Yeah. Abertooth, Super Divorce, and One Day Steady. <laughs> just like, let's just assault your musical senses yeah. right now. Yeah. With three completely different bands. Yeah, that'd be fun. It would be kind of fun. Well, so. I'll, uh, maybe I'll message Andrew. Cool. See what they're doing. All right, um, beer me time, right? Beer me. Okay. Uh, tonight we're going to be drinking Odd Sides Blueberry Raspberry Lime Fruit Sickle. Would you yeah. like to uh, say a few words about the decor <laughs> for the can? Uh, it's a very simplistic can. You got your your classic silver. You know the the under. Of most cans, but then there's normally a graphic covering mm. the majority of it. This has a full open half. It's not a side because it's a can in a circle. Uh, and there's just sort of one label slapped on there. Uh, and a nice sort of white in this light. It's, you know, it's white in color. Maybe a maybe a cream? Yeah, a cream. And it kind of has like a sheen on it. Mm-hmm. A cream sheen. Uh, and then you've got odd side with some hops underneath it in like an old English font. Yeah. Uh, followed by some psychedelic lollipops. No. Uh, fruit sickles. Fruit sickles. Ice cream bars. Yeah, they look Lo- like ice cream bars. Lo- lollipop. What am I trying to think? Of? Yeah. Ice sickle. Ice cream bar. That's, cream that's bar. what you would call that. But it's not a. It's a popsicle. That's what I'm trying to think of. But it looks like the. Uh, it, it's square. It looks, it looks like, like the cream the, sickle. Yes. You know the scooter crunches. That's what yeah. me and that's what my family calls them. Scooter crunches. Those but are the the strawberry shortcake ones. 
right? The scooter crunch. Yes, with the and the crumblies. Stuff. Yes, the, yeah. Scooter crunch is what we yeah. call them. I don't know why. I think that's because they're called eclair bars, which is not as cool as scooter crunch. I think there might be that might be the name from a particular brand. Possibly, I think like they're they called the scooter crunch. Yeah, but there's like blue bunny eclair bars, and it's the mm. ones with the stuff. They're on not them. all blue bunny. No, because there's the good humor bar. Yes. Maybe that's where the Scooter Crunch name comes from. I don't know. That's where we called it when we were children, and that's what we continue to call it. But there's uh, some psychedelic popsicles on here, very uh, tie-dyed. And then you have the title of the uh, the alcohol. No description, no, you know, no odd side brewing company founding story or anything. Just a very simplistic summer beer. And then they tell you that it's 12 fluid ounces and uh, alcohol... 4.5% well, by pretty, volume. Pretty average. Yeah. So average. this one's not going to get you blasted right off the bat. But uh, the next beer we drink just well might. Yeah, it might. Cheers. Cheers. It's tart. It is tart. It's much like uh, it's, it's like drinking fruit punch almost. I like the tart. I like tart beers. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is better than the most recent tart beer I had before this. It was called Press Tart. Uh huh. From Rheingeist. Uh, press Tart. Yeah, I get Press it. Tart. This is better than that one. It's a bit more flavorful. I like the mix of flavors. Yes. Uh, it's pretty good. It's good. It's good. It's good. That's good. It's good. It's good beer. Mm hmm. Mm. Okay. So this is going to be... This will probably be the last summer beer that we do until next year. Yeah, because we are now in August. And we all know what that means. It's Halloween time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, when that full moon comes out, we get that full moon dogist going. Full moon dogist. Man. Uh, I still like that song. I don't remember how it sounded. It's it's The Forge. Isn't it? Was it The Forge? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. If you're not familiar with the song we're talking about, you can go and listen to it, I guess. I think you can find it It's somewhere. on Spotify. Is it? Mm-hmm. If you look up Sleep Star Ignition, uh, there's a song called The Forge on the EP. Matters of Heart and The Will to Burn. Yes. And it's track two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first song we ever wrote when I joined the band. Oddly enough... Uh, I love what you've done with the place never made it to Spotify. Really? It's not on there. Hmm. Kind of tragic, because I still really like that album. I think we have differing feelings on on uh, I Love What You've Done With The Place and um, Matters of Heart. Yeah, I think, I think I Love What You've Done With The Place blows it out of the water. And I know you feel differently. I do feel differently. Now, I think part of that is because matters of heart was like the first thing i ever not the first thing i ever wrote but the first thing that i like was serious about you know wrote so it's it sentimental to you it's sentimental but i i also think that had we continued uh with that type of music now i love what you've done with the place is close but it's intentionally because it, we set out to do so mm-hmm. it is intentionally more poppy 
more uh, Weezer-inspired. I think it's more fun. More fun. I have more fun listening to that album. You know, however, I think... I feel that when you put them side by side from a... uh, Well, from a personal standpoint, but also from like a... I don't know, marketing standpoint, for lack of a better term, I think that Matters of Heart is much would be much larger accepted like if we had continued with that type we had a very specific genre that we slid right into you know there were very specific bands it was a very specific sound that was mass produced I you know grant you now we're very much about like we do what we want to do when we want to do it yeah so I could get that and it's fine I do have like that that type of music that Matters of Heart is, I really enjoy, and I feel that it's closer to what I listen to normally than uh, I love what you've done with the place. And I would say that that's that's probably why you like it more. Yeah, so. because it's closer to what I normally listen to. Now, yeah. obviously, the biggest influence on the second EP was Weezer, mm-hmm. and who's your favorite band? Weezer. Weezer. Guilty as charged. <laughs> so. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to enjoy that album much more. Um, I just think... We didn't... I think we didn't try for it, and Matters of Heart ended up sounding... um, I mean this in a good way. It sounded very commercial Mm -hmm. and, like, accessible... And, yeah. like, you know, you could easily be like, oh, you like this band, this band, and this band? Check it out. And people would be like, oh, sweet. And if we had done a full album of that, followed up with similar music, you know, there's we may still be in Sleep Star Edition today. Maybe. But I'm glad we're not. I yeah. prefer our setup now. I do, too. However, I, I still listen to that music, um, you know, on occasion, and I, I very much enjoy it. I think there's much more freedom now to do different things, obviously. Yeah. You know, we're branching into, like, a, a very active YouTube channel, you know, that's, you know, it's it's just, it's continuing to be more and more active as, we, as the days go by, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I don't know how much you're going to put into monster movies as time goes on, but... Hopefully you can do more on the, the Super Divorce channel, too. I'd so like to. That, um, well, Andrew and I had talked about, like, with uh, the... We're doing something called Sequential Star Wars, where we're going through the entire Star Wars series, starting from the beginning of the timeline, you know, and going through the saga in chronological order. And so now we're on the Clone Wars, and we're going to try and get it to a point where there's an episode coming out every day. And we're going to do that by recording, you know, basically a week's worth at a time, like on one day, uh-huh. because the Clone Wars episodes are like 20 minutes. Right. So you can, you can zip through an episode, you know, and, uh, and talk about it in like 40 minutes or something like that. So you're not going to do an episode per season. You're going to do an episode per episode. Yes. Okay. Initially we're going to do like what, I don't know, 10 episodes at a right. time, and then we, we went through one episode, and it was like, Jesus, that that was, we talked about it for longer than we thought we would, 
um, because we had, for the movies, broken down like scene by scene, literally, like right. going scene by scene through the movies. So it was like, well, I don't want to shortchange the Clone Wars because uh, one of the guys who's following along, he was like, he's not interested in sitting down and watching the Clone Wars. But he was like, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys talk about it. So I'll... Was that Obi-Wan? Yeah. That guy's cool. Yeah, he is. We just sent Obi-Wan his uh, CD. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, um, we signed it, right? Mm-hmm. And he won the contest? Or yeah. Something? Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So uh, that's another thing. We, we do giveaways around here. Yeah, I, I'm doing um, a giveaway with Monster Movies, actually. Right. I don't... I don't think it's quite working the way I want it to, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying to do a giveaway to generate followers. It's kind of hard because like the only people seeing it are your followers. Right. So I tried to amend the rules a little bit, but anyways, um, I'm also kind of doing it in conjunction with Vile Consumption mm-hmm. because he successfully funded his Kickstarter. I saw that. Which is awesome. It, w- it was like coming down to the wire. Yeah, I checked it like the day after and saw that he had made it, so that's cool. Yeah, it was like last four hours maybe, and uh, I upped my contribution by about forty bucks, mm-hmm. and then somebody somebody came in and uh, dropped a hundred, and it put him right over. So that was really cool. Um, but anyways, so he's releasing all of these enamel pins. There's like eleven pins in all, and the reason he did the Kickstarter is just to get mass product out at one time instead of trying to do one pin at a time you know now he's got the money to buy all of it at once and then resell it so included in this um set are some jason Voorhees pins that i already own so i'm trying to generate buzz for both pages and i'm giving away the jason pins if you uh like our page and share the post so so far, I think one person has shared it. Yeah, it's... Or four. Four or five people have shared it, so... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, when we get to... If you're listening on YouTube, um, when we hit 200 subscribers here, we're going to be giving away a uh, custom airbrushed Super Divorce Heart logo yeah, t-shirt. That's right. To one of our lucky subscribers. So, yep. if you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, because that happens... I mean, I've done it. There have been channels that I've listened to for, like, months, and just it never crossed my mind. You know, it's just like you go back and kind of check up on it, but then yeah, I one feel day like... it's like you're kind of prompted to, and it's like, oh, if you like my videos, subscribe. And it's like, oh, yeah, why don't I do that, you know? so I, uh, I almost feel like our generation, you know, coming up in the social media boom... Um, sort of being around for its inception. Well, definitely being around for its inception, not sort of. Um, Subscribing to things is like part... It's it's the part of social media that feels the newest, Mm -hmm. so I don't always think to do it. Yeah. I don't think... I like this, I should subscribe. I just think... I like that because, you know, we had YouTube before there was all that stuff. You yeah. just you just watched videos on YouTube. That's all you did, you know. And this whole, like, vlogging thing or having a consistent channel, talking about a specific thing, whatever, is, you know, 
relatively new in in the scheme the scheme of things. So I don't I just don't feel that like that thought enters you know occurs to me most of the time like oh I should subscribe now following I've gotten better at like if I like something especially on Instagram it's like give that a follow because I want to know what's going on but most of the time I do that it's a shop of some sort and I was like I want to see what's happening what you're coming out with next so give them a follow problem is now subscribing isn't even enough mm -hmm. so it's like yes please subscribe to the channel but also uh, as we say around here bong the gong for notifications because that little bell if you don't hit that then they don't like send you a notification when that channel puts a new video up. Right. So that's kind of a drag because then... Or when you're live, especially. Yeah, and that's the big one. Is like if you're doing live videos, you want your followers to know that you've gone live so they can jump in and like join the chat because right. that's that's one of my favorite things about doing live videos is when, I mean, it's we don't have a bunch of people that, that join right now, but if there are like two or three people in there and you have some back and forth with your... Uh, your subscribers and people who are watching the video it just makes it more fun and interactive right you know? and it makes honestly it makes it easier to do a video because people are giving you material to exactly. sort of prompt you with things to talk about you right. know if it's just you by yourself you've got to keep you got to keep it going with yeah. no outside influence so uh, instagram seems to have it right you know if you follow somebody on instagram that's enough they'll send you a notification when they go live you know I guess YouTube is just a, a larger platform, you know, so they have yeah. more room to kind of fuck with you. Yeah. Um, but no one's as bad as Facebook. No one's as bad as Facebook. We had to we had to get out of the Zuckerberg cookout. Yeah. We pretty much left it all together. I mean, I still post stuff, links to videos and shit, but it's like, I, I don't want to spend any money on Facebook no. after the way that they've done things. It's, and it's I've, absurd. You know, and I think for the time being at least, um, monster movies on Facebook is doing relatively well. You know, we're getting um, enough people, like, sharing, you know, especially videos. I think our last video had, like, six shares, maybe, mm -hmm. which is a lot. So, you know, I know anytime the video starts playing, it, like, counts as a like, but our last video is up to... Uh, I think it's about almost 600 views with zero promotion, zero anything. You that's know. cool. It's just through shares and whatnot, so that's exciting. You want to say hi? Hi. I brought you a fresh pizza pie. This yes. is, we're kind of breaking the rules, but... It is. Are you not supposed to do this? Well, because we have the pizza party every 30 episodes. <laughs> oh, well, it's not but, a how about it's not a party this time? You're just really hungry. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's just a pizza drop. Yeah, it's just a pizza drop. A drop in. Yeah, we didn't plan this. No. And, um, you know, if you're having a party, you make a bit more of a fuss than just one medium pepperoni pizza. <laughs> yeah. We would have had a two liter. Yeah, you yeah, would have had, like, the whole, the whole More nine. beer than what we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we do have more beer, but. Yeah, that's true. But. You know, just, just be careful not to eat really noisily in front of the microphone. Otherwise, you're going to have some very. Very sad listeners. Oh no, that's the point. Is yeah. to eat noisily and get real sloppy. Yeah, and, and slurp as loud as oh, possible. No. Yeah, <laughs> and do that. Enjoy mm. your your cast. Thank you. Enjoy your baby. Oh, he's sleeping now, so that's. <laughs> <all right. laughs> See ya. Bye. That was my wife. Uh, with a pizza drop. Pizza drop. It's uh It's a Domino's pie.
Raindrop. Which is topical. Chop Top. Domino's Pizza just won't stop. <laughs> Domino's Pizza is forever uh, uh, connected to Bender now. Yeah. Why is, why is that? Because our music video. Oh, yeah. We had Domino's boxes in the music video. Yeah. I was the pizza man. Mm. Pizza man. Can't wait until that's done. I'm so excited. I watched it the other day. I pulled it up, you know, mm -hmm. and just like viewed it on my own. And I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> is the Abertooth video cooler than ours? Um, I love Abertooth. And they had a they had a wonderful idea. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, I think it's well shot. I think our video is better. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that theirs is bad. No, you don't They're, have to say it's bad. No, they still they have an excellent video. And I very much enjoyed it. I watched it twice. Um, I think it's very... It's them. It's yeah. very them. And that's what you want out of a music video. Our music video is 100% us. Oh, yeah. Like, it's 1,000% us. Yeah. And I think theirs is too. So, um, do I have more fun watching our video? Yeah, of course. But theirs is great too. I'm under the impression, no joke, that our music video is going to end up being the best music video of 2018. It's so good. I'm not... And that's like... I have very little to do with that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I should, well, we showed up and they told us what to do. Right. So it's not an ego thing. Well, Zach the, Dalton the, and, uh, and his crew and Santino are the ones who are going to make it. Yeah. And Lazarus. And Lazarus. Yeah. Lazarus is the star of the show. I mean, I was watching it again, as I said recently, uh, just the other day. And God, that, that boy just... He steals the camera. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think Zach did such a great job directing him and keeping him entertained because it was a long day. Yeah, it was. But I the performance that he got out of him is just perfect. It's. I mean, he hadn't. I don't think he had turned six yet when we shot that. I don't think so. So it's like, it's going to be one of those uh, Stranger Things deals where. I feel like he's already grown so much since we shot that yeah. video. Yeah. It's like people are going to see that, and then if anyone sees him out, he's going to look so much older already. Yeah. Just, but no, he he did an awesome job. Zach did an awesome job directing mm -hmm. my son. Yeah, he, that's the type of stuff where you can... You, you could look at that and sort of see down the road where he's he's like doing big things. Yeah. Someone who can work with people that well. I think so, too. I think Zach Dalton is just phenomenal. I mean... I've, I saw the uh, the sci-fi commercials that he did for Armageddon, and they were great. I mean, I think he really has uh, really has like the chops to make it. Maybe we should push for Zach Dalton getting the next Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> he. I mean, he's he's got it. I think he's he's very very big. I could be up and coming. I've just. I just wish he got more, uh, I mean, he gets plenty of work. I would just love to see more of his personal creative, especially after our video, which was his idea. I mean, we were going to present him with the same idea, but it's what he came up with himself, and then he worked on storyboards and everything, and with, yeah, well, with Santino. Santino, like, whipped up all those storyboards in, like, one night, and they looked awesome. It's incredible. I mean... Yeah. I don't know if I've ever 
other than like working with Josh, that's that's like the most professional setting, you know, that we've we've been in. Everybody like was on it. They knew their job. It was great having like a cameraman, yeah, and like a lighting guy, yeah, and a sound guy, like, and they were all such cool people. It was definitely a production. It was a production, and it was really awesome. It's too bad we weren't uh, we weren't really doing the podcast like right when, around the time we did that because I feel like we would have had more details to discuss. But mm-hmm. but looking back, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I I don't know I haven't been bugging him. I'm just kind of like letting it happen. Do what you need to yep. do. I know. So we've gotten a few pictures of the monster, which is what we're waiting for. You know, right? The, the video's shot and edited basically. But the monster needs to go into it, and that's like traditional stop motion animation. And I don't, I haven't seen any other videos uh, that have been like shared heavily this year that have utilized that kind of thing. So. Right. You know, you have your your icon, some of your iconic videos that do that. I, it's not, it is stop motion, not in the same realm as ours. But I think of the uh, White Stripes fell in love with a girl video. That's yeah. all Lego. You know, and you know that was filmed in a stop motion. That's been a while, though. It has. Um, I can't say that I know of video recently. That's it's just people don't put a lot into music videos anymore. Uh, it's kind of sad. Yeah. But, I mean... I think, you know, one of the... And this is not stop motion, but I don't know how many videos out there are like Ghost of You from MCR. Mm-hmm. The World War Two video. Yeah. Holy shit. That's a great video. Did you watch the video for uh, Gunship? Um, I can't tell you the song, but Tim Capello was on it. Oh yeah, yeah. That I shared that video. Yeah. That was really cool. That was a cool video with like all the Lost Boys characters mm-hmm. and Buffy and Blade, Blade was in it. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple other horror nods in there. Did you see the uh, rebooting Buffy? Yeah, I heard about it. I heard they cast. Um, a black girl to play the Slayer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's playing Buffy, but she's playing a Slayer. Yeah, I think it is going to be she's playing Buffy. Uh, but I, th- I think I also read that this that it's a different. It's not supposed to be like Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy. It's a new Slayer. Right. Yeah. It's well. The it's like a total relaunch of the series. It's not like picking up in the same universe or anything. I think it's like a reimagining of Buffy. Uh huh. From what I could tell. Yeah. So, I don't think anyone from the original series is coming back or anything no. like that. Which is kind of a shame. I, yeah. I was really... I, I'm a huge... Like, I haven't even made it through the entire series, but I love I loved, uh, Giles. Yeah, everybody does. I love Giles, too. He's great. I would have watched a Giles movie. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar's not coming back for it. I don't know. I feel like at some point they'll probably have some cameos. Maybe, you, know? you would think. I haven't looked up much about it. Um, the only thing that I know is that they've said that there's going to be a a heavy emphasis on the diversity of the cast. That's They wanted to make a more diverse Buffy. So, Which is fine. I mean... I... It, <laughs> Again, I feel like we could talk about this all but the time, like, but it's, it's like, like, as long as... That's fine, but why are you focusing on it? Just do it. Yeah. You know, don't... 
emphasize that you're doing it. Just mm-hmm. do it, and it'll be fine. The only problem, well, not the only. I think there are lots of problems with that kind of stuff. But when we were talking about this recently, it's like one of the one of the biggest problems with trying to focus on diversity is that you can never account for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like there's always going to be a group left out, and then when that group realizes that they're, they're not included everyone's going to start yelling at the people making the show. And it's like, yeah. why don't you have any people like this? And it's like, I don't know, because we can only include like four main characters at a time or something, uh-huh. you know? And then it's like, then if you, if you throw a character from whatever marginalized group into the show in sort of a background role, they're like, oh, well, you only did that to try to appease us, you know? There's still not a focus, you know? They're still not the main character. And then okay, well, someone else makes a show where that's the main character. Then you just fall in the same problem again, where it's like, well, why isn't this group represented in one of the main roles? Right. And human beings are so different that, like, it eventually comes down to individuals who are just standing there shouting. It's like, well, why am I not represented in the main character of the show? And it's like, because there are too many people, you know? (laughs) There are too many people, too many different types of people, you just you're never gonna make everyone happy. It's when like you try I'm, to play that game. That's, it's like I'm both for uh, diversification. Like I'm, it's nice that they are like we want to do. We want to have a diverse cast. Awesome. Like that's that's great. Um, so I'm like I'm for it. I'm for sort of this realization throughout media. That, like, we want to try to bring more diverse characters, more more diverse backgrounds into our stories. But at the same time, it just needs to be, it needs to be done right. And it can't be the main focus. You don't want the focus to be the person's race. You want the focus to be the person's character. Right. Because I feel like that was, that's like the... Well, that used to be the thrust of like the civil rights movement. It's like mm-hmm. the the skin color is not that important. That's that was like that's what we we're trying to push once upon a time. Is like you shouldn't that shouldn't be the first thing that you notice about a person, right? You know, you shouldn't, and you definitely shouldn't be judging them based on it. It's like you should judge them on the content of their character. And sometimes not, it feels like media is just like, hey, we have a black person, right? Look at look, it's a black person. Yeah. Check it out. It's like I don't. Personally, I'm like, I don't care. I, how how cool is their character? Well, it's like when Blade came out, yeah, no, one, no one made any big deal about that. It was just like, it was, that's just who the character was. It's just Blade. And it wasn't, it wasn't like people were saying, there's a black superhero movie coming out. It was just like, there's a cool movie coming out. You and like see, and, and it's, it's great that you mentioned that, because you see memes now that are like, um... I've seen one like Black Panther, uh, first black-led superhero movie, and then it'll just be like a picture of Blade. Yeah. You know? Or another one is like um, Ezra Miller, first uh, queer, you know, person to play a superhero, and then it's like Ellen Page and like, I can't remember, two other people Mm -hmm. that have played superheroes before that are in the LGBTQ community. And it's like, there was a time when we didn't care. Yeah. We just liked movies. And it's and, not that, it's not like when that time uh, 
it's not like in that moment people were boycotting those movies because no, it they just happened. No one was uh, standing outside picketing Blade because there was a black guy in it. But that's no. how that's how people would have you believe it was. Right. Because we weren't making a big deal about it. Right. It was like, oh, well, that was before people were woke. You know, it's like, no, I would say maybe they were more woke because they were they were just going to the movies. Right. They were going to see a movie that looked cool, and it happened to have a black guy in the lead role. And so, whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of times when you're adapting things, I just prefer that they stick to the source material because there's a source material there is something to go on like with the buffy reboot it's fine if you want to like you know recast and have a diverse cast and everything it's a reboot you know it's your is if you're not going to tell the same story if you're not gonna tie it in with the original series do whatever you want you know i mean it's fine the only thing is, is like, again, once upon a time, that would be, that would have been criticized as tokenism, where it's like you're just trying to plug a character in to appease a certain group. You're right. not writing a new character for that group. Right. You're just, you're you're, it, like yeah, it's it's a plug-in move instead of something that's really well thought out and um, and something that's going to succeed on its own merit. Well, I don't know why they can't do... I mean, I, they're obviously... You know, they have to, like, use the name, but I, why don't they just come out with another Slayer show? Because Buffy's not the only Slayer. Yeah. it's a, That's the whole crux of the show, is that she's the Slayer at the time. Mm-hmm. Do another fucking show. Call it something else. Same universe, same type of vampires, same bad guys, whatever. And explain why Buffy isn't the Slayer anymore and now this black girl's the Slayer. You could have even had... I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what Sarah Michelle Gellar is up to these days. Um, but it's like... Uh, what if they would have done one season, I don't know, between 10 and 20 episodes where she was on it and... Like, she had taken over the role of trainer or something, and... Well, you don't know what happens in the end of the series, do you? No, I don't. Okay, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. So, maybe that's not possible. Whatever. Uh, But, would it have been possible, without spoiling the entire ending, for, for Buffy to be included in a new season? And, as I've talked about with Star Wars... Um, successfully anchor the new characters into the, the old, old series, right? So that people like people see the the new characters interacting with the old series in a way that makes them care about the new characters before the new characters move on, and you kind of pass the torch. And I can tell you that the way the series ends, that would have been very easy to do. It would have been very easy to have that sort of interaction between new characters and then push them into their own series or to push them to continue the series yeah rather than to be like oh well we're rebooting completely you know they could have done a continuation they could have made it made sense they could have had new characters it's just like why not with all of that 
with all of the sort of canon you've built up at that point with this previous show, it's just like why it's I'm I don't think I'm being overly cynical when I say it's it's gonna fail. Because you've already got something built up mm-hmm. that people love and they love that version of it. And I think continuing it in a new way would have would have worked out for them. But if you're trying to reboot it and say, well, that's not Buffy anymore. This is new Buffy. It's like any time that's happened in anything, people revolt against it. Uh, something as simple as new Coke failed. Because people already knew what Coke was. And it's like, well, we changed the flavor and we think it tastes better now. And it's like, well, that's not Coke. I don't want new Coke. I want Coke Classic. And that's when they brought it back and called it Coca-Cola Classic. It didn't work. Uh, Crystal Pepsi didn't work. No one wants clear Pepsi. They just wanted Pepsi. Right. And it's like any time that people, they get an idea of what something is and it sort of impacts them over a stretch of time, even if it's in some silly way, like the way a, a soda uh, tastes, it's like they don't, they don't want that to be messed with. Right. And, but people gladly accept cherry Coke, vanilla Coke. They accept all these different flavors of it new extensions of it, but they don't want you to try and erase the original thing that they grew to love. So I can tell you already right now, if they if they do take that route and it's like, this isn't connected to the new the old series, it's something completely new and we're just gonna call it Buffy. This is Buffy. No, that's not Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they got away with that with the show because prior to the show it was a movie. It was moderately successful. But it's not like it had the rabid fan base that well, the take, show has. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Take any, um, not any, but you know, a glaring example for me uh, is when you you know you remake horror movies, okay? But you take like The Hills Have Eyes, like Wes Craven's like second movie, third movie. I don't know. It was early in his career. Um, the Hills Have Eyes. It's not that great of a movie. It's okay might have been a little revolutionary or a little a little uh edgy at the time it was released um probably had its fans but comparatively to like scream not my elm street um you know a lot of the stuff he did in the 90s i think even people under the stairs early 2000s all that stuff Hills Have Eyes is, is not. It's not on that level. Yeah. So, again, in the in the mid-2000s, whenever it was, when Alexander Aja remade Hills Have Eyes, like, it's amazing. It's better, in my opinion. But you took something that had its fans, but was just something done by a well-known person, something that had its place in horror history. And you're like, okay, I'm going to dust this off, give it a new coat of paint. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, see what happens. And it's like a better movie, you know. Aja's version is fucking intense. Yeah, it's it is. so good. Um but he didn't erase, you know, like he didn't erase Craven's vision. Craven's movie still has its spot. Plus, it's a remake. It's not a, well, Craven's doesn't exist anymore. This is Hills Have Eyes now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, people will, people would twist being uh, critical of a Buffy reboot 
in this fashion and they'll say well if you don't like it you must be like a you must be like a, a racist or a nazi or something like that and it's like no i not at all i don't give a shit like like we're saying, if the series continued and a new series was made, and it was like the main character is going to be a black woman, but she's got her own name. That's another thing. It's like, this always drives me crazy. It's like, why do you think that a, a black character can't make it without just being given the name that was established by this white actress? You know? Why do you have to do that? How do you not see that that's condescending? So, anchor the show properly to the original and then let it flourish on its own with a new character with with her own traits and personality and characteristics and background like and it would be so easy to just make a show called the slayer yeah and <clears throat> let people know hey this is in the buffy universe mhm you know like they wouldn't even they wouldn't necessarily even have to tie it to the show, I think it would be more successful if they did. Of course. If they had Sarah Michelle Gellar like because if you make the original fans right. care about the new one, it's going to be successful. Right, but at the same time, I do think that if you don't go that route, if you don't go, hey, we're going to anchor this to Buffy and cross it over and then let it go on its own, even if you don't anchor it, but you announce to the fans like, hey, there's a new show it's called The Slayer it's what happens just like after Buffy. Maybe we'll explain what happens to Buffy. Maybe we won't. But there's a new Slayer. This is her. Here's her name. Or it could have been a prequel. It could have been a prequel too. I mean, the first the first Slayer is black. Mm-hmm. In like that's already in the show. Yeah. Like that's season four. The very first I Slayer. Did get to that point. Yeah. The very first Slayer was from Africa. Like. You know, so you could have just called the show the first Slayer. The first Slayer. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, like it would have been fine. You wouldn't have had to put any emphasis on a diverse cast because it's already established that the first Slayer was was from Africa. And then, and the fans of the original show are just like, yeah, yeah, that's right. that happened. Yeah, that's that's, that's of, the thing already. That's part of the thing that we love. So, yeah. but again, as a you know, again, I think that. All you have, all you have to do, is remove the name Buffy, and that already puts a spotlight on the new Slayer, whatever their race, whatever their name, whatever anything. You know, you're already doing that by just taking Buffy's name out of it and saying, okay, it's same, same deal, same universe. Joss Whedon produces it, whatever. Like same universe, new Slayer. It's so it's that easy. Why do you have to try to revamp something that already exists with diversity? Good word. Revamp. Ha. 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 Vamp. Vamp. Vampires. Uh Yeah, um I was I had something on that. Uh I don't know. You can go ahead. I think I'm done you're done on that it's like i (laughs) oh i know what it was i'm sorry uh i i was i was thinking about remakes yeah and the fact that like it doesn't matter what the the color or the sexual orientation or anything it's like when it comes to remakes of things that are already well established 
people typically will be extremely critical of what you present to them. And you brought up Wes Craven, and it's like, how how uh, how dearly held to the hearts of Nightmare on Elm Street fans is the remake with Jackie Earl Haley? None. A I don't white, know anybody that likes it. A white male. No one gives a shit. No one likes it. It's not. It wasn't good. It wasn't Robert Englund. No, that's because that's what people. That's Freddy Krueger. It's like, you can't. I don't think you can do that. I right. think that they just have to let that character be because it's like well it's like recasting Han Solo for a prequel movie. Yeah. I as soon as as soon as they announced like the minute, I kid you not, the minute they were like the next Star Wars story movie Solo. It's like fuck it, it's going to bomb because Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Period. Like I don't care, like, no matter how good that actor would have done, could have done, anything, I don't think it ever would have been successful. Like, it's just not viable to try to, to try to revamp something that's existed for years and years and has a rabid fan base. I think the only thing that would have been accepted by fans is if he had a son who was an actor who looked exactly like him. Yep. And it was like, oh, that's a spitting image of Harrison Ford when he was young. Boom. Put him in a put him in a young Han Solo movie. Anyone else? It's especially if it's Alden Ehrenreich. The dude just sounds nothing like Harrison Ford. His mannerisms don't match up. It's just not Han Solo. And right. so it's I think right off the bat, when people first saw the trailers, it was like, uh, no, sorry, right. I'm not like, interested. And I, there was a time, you know, I definitely, the, the more footage they kind of released of that movie and the more characters that were sort of introduced and things like that, I got, you know, excited to see it. I wanted to see it. You know, guess who still hasn't seen Solo? Me. Who's like, you know, one of the you know biggest Star Wars fans I know. And I still haven't seen it because I'm just like it's not Han Solo, and and there's nothing really incredible about it. Right. It's not like it it doesn't reveal anything that you need to know. Right. It's and I would like, love to go into it. I when I do see it, I'm going to go into it with a very open mind, so that hopefully I am quite entertained. Yeah. But I'm not expecting it to be some. Uh, revelation in the Star Wars universe because all I've heard is that it's just sort of a dud. Yeah, well, that's the problem with it. It's, and you don't want anything like that coming out in the Star Wars universe. If you make a Star Wars movie, it needs to be on the level that Star Wars movies are held to by the fans. And you it's easily like, can put that comparison, so you can easily compare Solo to Rogue One and be like, this is glaringly obvious. Rogue One was an excellent excellent revelation into how a new hope starts what is going on at the beginning of a new hope what led to that it's an it's an amazing story an excellent revelation and it it truly adds and takes its place in the star wars universe and you know from what i've heard and what you know because you've seen it Solo just doesn't do that. It's just like this useless information movie that. Well, it's like a. It's just like a space heist movie. Right. And it's like okay, that's like. It could have been. It could have been done without the Star Wars name. Exactly. That's what I. 
I don't remember who said it, but I heard someone say at one point, it's like, if if you would have made this movie and it was just called like Johnny Starship or something like that, and it was just like a a Netflix space romp action adventure, it would be like, oh, that was all right. Right. That was okay to watch. You know, you just put it on because you're looking for a movie to watch one night. That's fine. But if you're making a Star Wars film, it needs to be more than that. It can't just be... Oh, it's, well, it's got a few cool scenes in it, but I don't know. A lot of movies have a, a, a few cool scenes. Right. You expect more. It's like when when the kid who gets straight A's gets a C on his test, the teacher pulls him to the side, and it's like, that's, What's not, going on? that's not like you. What's yep. going on? But there are kids in the class who get straight C's, and the teacher never says anything. It's like, yep. well, that's exactly what I expected out of that kid. Solo was the straight A kid getting a C or D on his paper, had to take him to the side and you know uh last jedi was like the straight a kid getting an f <laughs> just <laughs> being sent to the principal's office yeah and being uh whipped being drug yeah. tested yeah what are you doing are you on crack i'm gonna dive into this pizza yeah let's do that um i think i should go and get the uh kentucky what is it the pumpkin barrel pumpkin barrel hole that's our second beer for tonight. Barrel. Barrel. Pumpkin barrel. Uh, maybe. Hey, I, I got an idea. What if uh, What if you described to listeners, uh, a la Top Chef, what you're enjoying here? Okay. Chefs. Oh my god. I'm gonna try. I don't know that much about pizza. <laughs> okay. Um, tonight. I'm enjoying um, a wonderfully um, fluff-crusted pizza. Now, this pizza has been cooked to uh, elegant perfection, cut in a wonderful triangle, very symmetrical. It is nice and crispy. Hear that? That is the crispy bottom of my crust there. Um, It's nice and uh, fluffy in the middle that's because it the dough when you cook it because of the yeast it rises it's a rising dough now it's nice and fluffy in the middle I can push it with my finger and there's a little bit of a bounce back not too much which is what you want you want on like a nice crispy but a, a chewy and a well a good enjoyable slice of pizza now on top of the crust here I have a wonderful um, a tomato puree uh, marinara pizza sauce. And typically, um, this is an it's an Italian sauce. It's, it's tomatoes, and uh, a lot normally it's seasoned with um, a basil or an oregano, um, some, some garlic probably, salt and pepper. And that's what you get in your tomato puree on this on this pizza. I like that you. When I walked in, Bender was <laughs> leaning over very, in, very uh, intensely and kind of motioning with his hands. He was describing the the pizza slice. I was like poking it. You know? <laughs> I gave him a scratch of the yeah the crust on the describe bottom. the texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you describe the mouth feel? Just have to talk about the mouth feel. It has exquisite mouth feel <laughs> <laughs> from Bob's Burgers. 
I've never watched Bob's Burgers. Oh, it's from Bob's Burgers. Is it? Well, I think it's something that they actually say. Oh. I've heard people say it on Top Chef or Chopped before. It's, it's got a uh, really good mouth feel. Like, I don't know. Well, that's even funnier than it's on Bob's yeah. Burgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice pepperoni pizza. Good old pepperoni pizza. Where do you put Domino's in your ranking of... It's pretty up there. Yeah. I think um, Domino's... Um, it's it's a good it's a good price point. Mm-hmm. It's like Domino's is like if you can they sometimes they deliver kind of late, you know. So it's like if you have the option, you go Domino's. Yeah. Um, because if you don't catch Domino's, you have to get Cousin Vinny's. And like Cousin Vinny's isn't bad pizza, but it's late night pizza. Whereas, like, Domino's is, like, a step up from that. Um, and then, you know... But I prefer it over... I prefer it to Papa John's. How about to Pizza Hut? I was just getting there. Yeah. Um, I think I, I personally like Pizza Hut a little more. Because they've got that, you know, nice pan crust. Or you get the stuffed crust, and it's mm-hmm. just excellent. I like Pizza Hut a little bit more, but... Um, I think I typically get to Domino's more often. Our Pizza Hut is the worst one I've ever been to. Really? It is bad. They've got, uh, their, their, their crew is just a a disaster. We've gone there to eat a few times and, uh, they're just, there's always something going on. There's always something going on. It's like you walk in and they've got no customers in the entire place. And you sit down, and just like all the tables are dirty, hmm. there's like trash on the floor. You know, there's usually some uh, a lady who ends up like stepping outside crying or yelling <coughs> on the phone. I mean, this has happened multiple times. It's just like I don't know what's happening at this place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you'll be left hanging. You know, your server just leaves and never gives you a refill throughout your entire stay. Yeah, you know, it's like. It's a shame because going to Pizza Hut used to be a big deal. I mean, it's yeah, not, it's never been like going to a, a fancy steakhouse, but if you grew up in the '90s, in the '80s or '90s, it's like Pizza Hut used to have like a really cool aura to it. They had like stained glass, um, like chandeliers, you know, or, or whatever the light covers over all the tables. They had like the nice salad bar, uh-huh. the pizza bar, video games. Usually there was like a Pac-Man machine and a jukebox. It was just, it was cool. Yeah. Pitchers of soda. Well, it's, they don't really do that anymore. You don't, you don't sit at pizza, pizza places anymore, except for La Rosa's. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Donato's, but even that feels... Whenever I sit in a pizza place, it feels like I'm not supposed to be there. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to be eating it at home. Yeah. Pizza Hut used to be that place where you could you could order from there, and get it delivered, but you could go sit down, and it was an experience. You know. Yeah. You go out with a family. Yeah. To Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. That and Pizza Hut. Growing up, if we went out for pizza, 
it was Pizza Hut was included in the roster. Domino's wasn't. No. Donato's wasn't. Even though you can sit at Donato's, most Donato's, it wasn't included in the roster. It was like La Rosa's, Marion's, Pizza Hut, you know, were... Uh, and there was a Marco's in Middletown. There still is. Mm-hmm. But when Marco's first opened in Middletown, we would go and sit down there sometimes. <laughs> but of the fast food pizzas, Pizza Hut was the only one that we would consider sitting at. It's not like that anymore. No. It's a damn shame. Yeah. It's too bad. Hmm. I remember being in high school, and I think Pizza Hut did, they're like, it might have been $5 carryout deal, or like $10 carryout deal, like fucking any pizza carryout, I think it was cheap, I think it was $5, Carry out any pizza, 5 bucks, and uh, me and my friends were hanging out in Westchester one time, and there was a Pizza Hut uh, right off Cox Road. And uh, just like, you know, driving around, being teenagers, went into Pizza Hut and got a meat lover's pizza for five bucks. Walked out, you know, just drove around the car eating Mm -hmm. fucking pizza. It was awesome. Yeah, they recently brought back, uh, what was it, the Cheese Bites pizza. Have you seen that before? Yes. We always get... I guess it's really excited when that comes back because it's, it's always really good. So we Jess was going to order that this evening, and she called them, and they were like, like we had just seen a commercial on TV for it, and it was like, back now at Pizza Hut, Cheese Bites Pizza. And it's like, if you're not familiar with this pizza, it's like, you know, the instead of a crust, they've got like these little... Well, they're cheese bites. It's, yeah, like it's like little like, balls of dough filled with cheese. Yeah, it's like a garlic knot with cheese in it. Yeah, like all the way around the crust. Or all the way around the pizza where the crust would be. Little bite pull size, apart. pull yeah. apart, you know, little pieces of bread with cheese inside. And so we called over there and like, oh, we don't have that. It's like, what you... How about you go fuck yourself, Lemon yeah, Pizza Hut? Yeah, oh shit. It's like, they probably do. They probably just don't feel like making it. Yeah. Because Pizza Hut's not going to be running commercials for it and then just at one location be like, oh, well, we're just not going to do it there. I, I don't understand. It sucks. Yeah. So um, so I ran downstairs while Bender was describing the uh, mouthfeel of this Domino's, and I grabbed our next beer, which is a Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. Or the Kentucky Pumpkin Bear Ale, <laughs> as... Uh, as I have decided to call it. it says uh, right underneath the label here. If you've seen Kentucky uh, Bourbon Barrel beer, it's the same label with an orange, you know, a pumpkin-y sort of feel to it. Uh, but right underneath the label here, it says ale brewed with natural pumpkin flavors and spices and aged in oak bourbon barrels. It uh, is a pumpkin ale. Yeah, this shit is 12 fluid ounces, it's in a glass bottle, and it is 10% alcohol. Not messing around. No, well, they are not. Where is the percentage? I saw it earlier. Uh, is it on here, or was it just on the... It may have just been on the box. Oh, it's on the, it's on the left side. Alcohol volume, 10%. 
There it is. Contains wheat, wheat and pecans. That's it. That's all it contains. <laughs> it's just, it's, that's it. It's ground up yep. wheat and pecans. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's all you take uh, for uh, Kentucky for pumpkin. pumpkin barrel ale. Yep. No pumpkin. No um, pumpkin. No, no yeast. No hops. No barley. Nope. Just, just wheat and pecans. <laughs> no water either. Nothing. Nope. So... If you've got a bunch of wheat and pecans lying around, you just can make Kentucky bourbon barrel, Kentucky pumpkin barrel ale. Just ground it up finely For, enough. Yeah, hours and hours and hours till it becomes a liquid. Yeah. And boom, there you go. Cheers. Cheers. I can always taste the alcohol in the bourbon barrel stuff. So can I. And I was going to say the same. Um, it's good. Yeah, it has a bite to it. Like you could not drink this all night. Number one, it's ten percent alcohol. Yeah. Um, number two, there's definitely a kickback mm-hmm. in uh, Kentucky b- bourbon stuff. Kind of. Yeah. Pucker up a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a good beer. Yeah, it's good. But it is. Uh, what do they say? Um, when it comes to drinkability. That would be the thing where you can just kind of toss it back, where you can shoot a good yeah. beer like Hershey would. I'd say uh, I would I would give this a I. Um, it's not if like easy drinkability is your Bud Light. Obviously, this isn't a severe drinkability, but it's it's a little above moderate though. Mm-hmm. It's like an experienced drinkability. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you can't drink this for your first beer. No, and it's definitely easier if you if you take smaller sips, you know. Hold on. Okay. My friend Michael is calling. He's going to be on the show. Hey, Mike, you're on the Super Divorce Supercast. Oh, super tight. What's up, dude? Well, I just, I'm uh, hanging out. I went to feed my cat today, fell asleep. And missed the entire gallery show that we had. Oh, shit. Were you, like, supposed to be there? Yeah. (laughs) I showed up up in the beginning and, like, grabbed some food. And then I was like, hey, I gotta go feed my cat. And then (laughs) went and fed my cat and took a cat nap. (laughs) Well, that's all right. It was pretty dope. Pretty dope. What are you doing this evening? I don't know. I need to go get cat food because I just ran out. Yeah. <laughs> My life is in shambles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, are um, you guys super divorcing at your house? No, we're at we're at Nick's house. Hello. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just enjoying a nice, Kentucky nice. pumpkin barrel ale right yeah. now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We're it's just part of our show. We just drink beer on the show and talk yeah. about random stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um Maybe Well, he wasn't apologizing and because he thought the beer sucked, was he? I don't know. I don't think so. You weren't apologizing uh, because you thought the beer sucked, were you? Yeah. Oh. oh. You don't like this beer? I don't like pumpkin beer. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. There's a, there's one pumpkin beer I like. It's like it's pumpkin king or the pumpkin. Pump yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I like that stuff. 
Hmm. Have you tried but, the like, warlock? I mean, if it if it if it's too like if it has too many notes of like cinnamon and stuff like that, uh-huh. it kind of turns me off. But like if it if it tastes pumpkiny, I'll eat it or drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe if maybe come September because I know Michael is doing sober August. Okay. Um, in with one of his friends who I am need some help so that's really really cool yeah um maybe come september if you decide to have a beer with me we'll get some pumpkin barrel ale and you'll give that a try all right i'll try it it's pretty good i'll I'll give it i'll give it a try all right um well do you want me to i'll call you when i'm like done here and if if you're like feeling squirrely you can come over and hang out or something Sounds good, dude. All right, boys. Good luck. Take care. Bye, public. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Little call-in segment there. Yeah. If you call either either one of us while this show is going on, we uh, go ahead and put you on the. You air. will be on the supercast yeah. just well. without your permission. Yep, that's what happens. So you should call us more often. <laughs> Maybe we can set up like a special. Uh, like a special Google phone number, you know, for people to call in on the. Uh, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, do a call-in segment. Be like, yeah. okay, from this time to this time, we'll be we'll actually answer this number. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'd have to post about it a lot, though. Mm-hmm. You'd have to talk about it maybe on the YouTube or something, because yeah. we don't do this live. Right. So it would we wouldn't be able to get people like listening live and then be like, hey. You know, for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be taking your calls. Yeah. It'd be a preset thing. Yeah. Once we get, like, a more rigid schedule in place. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. We'll yeah. see. That would be cool. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we'll go live on YouTube when we go downstairs and and uh, sing along to our songs this evening. I would enjoy that. Might be good. I was thinking about... And I was, I guess I was going to wait till we were downstairs to tell you, but I was wondering if you might let me take a stab at the second verse of the gavel, a little bit of a switch off. You can try that. We'll see what happens. Sure. Of course, you know, I'm, uh, open to your approval and or criticism. You know, we'll go with what we think is best. Yeah. But I figure, you know, maybe if I if I potentially could have a little bit more of a vocal presence on the new album, maybe we can switch up the live shows a little, you know, get some slightly balanced out. Can do that. Are we going to be doing our secret cover song next Friday? Uh, I think we probably should. You want to? Yeah, we should. We should practice it mm-hmm. maybe a couple times tonight, and then we should be practicing on our own. Get those lyrics yeah. down. Yeah. Our secret cover song, of course, is uh, Hinder's Lips, Lips of an Angel. angel. Uh, in the style of Hinder. <laughs> Not in the style of Super No, just, just karaoke Hinder's Lips of an Angel and then back to Super Divorce. 
I hope people think it's funny. I don't give a fuck if they don't, but I hope they think it's funny. Yeah, we'll see. I have an outfit picked out for next Friday and everything. Do I'm you? so excited, yeah. What are you wearing? I'm wearing our Divorce Club oh, crop yeah. top that I have. Um, I've got some ripped jeans, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tie like a flannel around my waist. And then, you know, the kicks. Mm-hmm. The pumps. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do my Divorce Club shirt as well. Yeah, not the rules shirt. Not no, the Divorce the, Rules. The Divorce Club. The Divorce Club, because mine is cut... I told you why I just said it. Mine's cut into a crop top. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'll wear mine, and maybe I'll wear the... Uh, maybe I'll wear my Lethal Ass Kicker Metal Gear yeah. jacket and my ripped jeans. Mm. And... Uh, I'm going to wear a headband. Okay. So I'm going to be a little, uh, a little 80s grungy yeah. for our pop music this time. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of a, sort of the, sort of the Joan Jett approach. Yeah. Or the uh, Iggy Pop mm-hmm. approach versus the uh, Tears for Fears approach. Okay. Yeah. We can be versatile. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Whatever we feel like. Products of the generation. We're not set in one you know uh style that's what gives us more freedom than a lot of these uh synthwave guys yeah because they try to be all hardcore and neon and yeah you know they have to be so cool <laughs> we're not cool we're no, cool we're just... if we think we're cool i think we're cool i think we're cool but we're not cool because we uh we're not cool because we fit like one little segment of the 80s right it's like we got we got the '80s, we got the '90s influence. We try to hit all of it. Yeah, we just do whatever the fuck we want. We're just having fun. We are having fun. Hmm. Yeah. I was gonna run something else by you. Uh, have you heard about this guy? Uh, what's his YouTube channel called? Um. Hold on. I just I just heard about it like last night. Uh, let me look this up real quick. Just real quick here. Just just quickly. Oh wait. <laughs> I got another comment back on the uh, yes the YouTube video from yesterday. Um, if you guys are not <clears throat> familiar with this, uh, I, I have been doing live videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash super divorce every day every day a live video yesterday's I uh, I examined in great detail the very first photograph released from the set of Star Wars episode 9 it was a photograph that JJ Abrams put on his personal Instagram account and so I kind of dove into it and uh, and explored it and uh, encircled things and told people what those things might represent, and uh, tried to really go into some revelations about Episode Nine. Anyway, I said a few things that were supposed to be understood as silly, yeah. You know, and someone just totally didn't get it, and I'm still I'm still arguing with him on YouTube. Yes, he's uh, he's left comments all day. What did he What did he say here? His, his most recent reply says, 
it's not a video. It's a still photograph, and that's not what petty means. <laughs> okay. Well, Is that you, all he said? Yeah. Damn it. You guys, you'll have to read through the entire uh, comment chain here, but if you go to our YouTube page and you uh, look at the comments on the video that is titled Star Wars Episode 9, Explosive Secrets Revealed Live. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you can watch the video too. It's It was a fun video to do. Um, but there's a gentleman who uh, has left a few comments today and he was, he was getting very upset with me. So it's fun. I'm looking forward because I have a, I have a fairly dry sense of humor. Yeah. So um, it's sometimes hard for people to tell if I'm joking. And this gentleman apparently had a very, very tough time telling if I was joking or not. And uh, and uh, fun ensued. So um, yeah. So anyway, this uh, this guy uh, from a YouTube channel called The Quartering. Have you heard okay. of that? No. He also runs another YouTube channel, um, and it's like a pretty successful Magic the Gathering channel. I was going to say, is it called the Nickeling? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. Yes. Mm, yes. Mm, really? Oh, really? <laughs> anyway, he was at uh, Gen Con. Okay. Have you heard of Gen Con? I believe so. So he was, I think it started today. He showed up for it yesterday, and he was out eating... Um, or he was hanging out at this bar, and he said, like, at this point in the evening, like, 20 people had come up to him or, or something like that, and they were like, hey, are you, uh, are you Jeremy from the quartering or whatever? And he was like, oh, yeah, and shake people's hands. And so someone came up to him uh, and asked him the same thing. It was like, hey, are you Jeremy from the quartering? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said he stuck his hand out, and this dude just attacked him and started, like, punching him, and the dude, like, ripped this guy who runs the YouTube channel, he, like, ripped his shirt and, like, punched him in the head, like, five or ten times or something like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. And, uh, and the dude, Jeremy, went back inside the bar and they wouldn't let him in. And the guy, like, tried to punch through the bar window. And then they finally, like, got him to clear out. And he called the cops. And <clears throat> at that point, it looked like the guy was just going to get away. Because no one knew who the dude was, and this guy, Jeremy, had never met him before. It was just uh -huh. like a random guy who knew him from YouTube and came up and asked about him. Um, but I guess it turns out it's like one of those things where it's like the guy's, the guy leans right, you know, politically. And so this dude who attacked him was doing the whole like, oh, well, he's a Nazi, so I'm just going to like start punching him. Because this Jeremy guy is a... Like, just supports Trump. Yeah, yeah. Or just he, supports the current political state, I'll say. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's more, like, right-leaning. That's, like, what his channel is. It's, like, a lot of, like, social commentary. Okay. Making fun of, like, SJWs and shit, you know, that kind of thing. But this dude, like, just came up and started wailing on him. And, like, funny enough, though, today the guy was, like, found within a few hours like really? people had like tracked him down on, on social media and i guess he has he's like a business owner he like runs his own game store and like they got his name they got like people that were at the bar last night to identify him like five different people had like looked at his picture and like yep that's the guy he just came up and started wailing on this dude and so 
It's like, he's See, probably going to lose his business. Yeah. He's married. It's like, what are you thinking, you know? You know, it's just like, that's the kind of shit where, like, you can't, you can't, fuck, dude. Um, I feel like people who oppose Trump, a lot of the, a lot of what they build their um, argument on is that Trump is discriminatory and that Trump is like, you know, he's, he, like, whatever, hates women or he hates Mexicans and the, that kind of thing. He's very discriminatory and whatever. Um, and that is just like, like, he's a Nazi is what, the, what they say, you know. Um, you can't, like, think that about somebody or, like, oppose that belief and then meet that belief with that kind of violence because, essentially... You know, you're just discriminating that person from everyone else being like, oh, well, you're a Trump supporter, which means you're, you should die or you should get beaten up. Like, you cannot make that sort of generalization while also hating somebody for making that generalization. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of those sorts of general generalizations are exaggerated. Yeah. You know, it's like... Clearly, Donald Trump does not hate all women. Right. He's he's promoted, you know, just countless women in the time that he's been president to positions that women have never held in the government before. He did the same in his business career, you know, and and I'm not speaking as like a longtime Trump supporter. No. You know, right. I've changed my tune based on evidence that I've seen as time's gone on. Yeah, and like let like, me let me tell you people Nick well, you said it last podcast. You voted for Bernie. Yeah, in the primaries. And you know, one of, yeah, and one of the determining factors in me being disenchanted with the Democrat Party was the fact that I found out my vote didn't count. Mm-hmm. It was all rigged. It was like that didn't matter. The the, the fix was in well before. So but, and it's like you feel silly. Yeah, and, and and again, as I said, I said it again in the last podcast. You know. What everything that Nick says from this point on, as long as we continue to have this discussion, is something that he has done research on and paid attention to at least and knows what he's talking about. He's not just some, you know, down home white red blooded American who yeah. always supports Trump and get right. them Mexicans out of here. Like yeah. that's not that's not Nicholas Villars. Yeah. You know. It's like a lot of stuff when people talk about him hating Mexicans. It's like he said, he said bad things about a particular gang called MS-13, and he called them animals. And then people twist that and say Trump called Mexicans animals. And it's like no, that's not true. Cool. And like everything gets twisted so much, and it's like, and you can't even tell someone that without them like yelling at you for for like trying to stick up for Trump. And it's like I'm not really even doing that. I'm just trying to tell you what the present the you with factual are. information and people won't even hear it 
they'll just yell at you and call you a Nazi and shit. And it's like, why, then why am I even, why would I care what you think? If that's the way that you react to what I'm trying to have a discussion with you about, I, we're done. That's you what I, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. You can't have that sort of a reaction to somebody because then the group that you're opposing won't pay attention. Yeah. So they'll just be like, oh, well, if you're not even going to listen to what I have to say, then why should I even bother? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? It's like Trump stood on stage during the during the presidential race with an LGBTQ flag, which, when have you ever seen a Republican do that in the past? You know? And there are people in that community who support him and then they get shit and say that they're not really gay or it's like oh you're not really queer you're not really gay you know because you think differently than i do as if all gay people are supposed to have the same opinion and that's where it's like that's where i think a lot of the diversity stuff is bullshit it's like you don't really want diversity you just want people who look different but think the same you're not interested in diversity of thought. You're not interested in having your ideas challenged. You're not interested in, in researching your own beliefs and actually finding out why you think the way you think and, and chancing that you might be wrong, that you might have to come up with some new beliefs, that you might have to change your point of view a little bit. I mean, I understand why people do it because it's not easy because people like getting set in one belief system and then just digging in and it's like, I'm not even going to look at the evidence because I've found sort of a comfortable niche here. and Because I know I'm right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are scared, to be honest with you. I mean, I've read accounts of people who are like, they're, they're in some sort of marginalized group. And it's like, I've found it harder to come out as a conservative or a Republican than I did coming out as a gay person. Or something like that. And it's like, that's fucked up, in my opinion. Because some people fear that their entire social group's going to cut them off just because they don't hold the same beliefs that their friends do. And it's like, well, that that goes against the whole narrative that the left is supposed to be the tolerant side. You know? Right. Um, I, I just People should take our relationship, for example. This is how it's supposed to be done. That's why I like talking about it on here a little bit, even though I don't... It's like... This isn't a political cast. No, but I think it's it's a good example that, like, I've never once been like, I've changed my belief, and you need to do the same, or else right. I'm not going to be a band, in a band with you anymore. Right. Or when I first told you that I had changed my, my view on Trump, you, like, didn't believe me at first. No. You're like, no, nah, you're kidding. I was like, no, I'm not kidding. And then, but... It's not like our, our friendship did, fell apart. Yeah, what did I do? Just because you were like, hey, I think I, you know, I support Trump. Like, he's done some... And I wasn't just like, oh, okay, well, I'm leaving. Yeah. And I got, like, we can't be friends anymore. Oh, you must be a Nazi. Then. Yeah. It's like, like, no, clearly I'm not a Nazi. People, uh, people should listen. You know, I wish... I wish our cast was, you know, more popular. Yeah. To the point that, like, you should listen to what... How we interact and what we're saying to each other... Now, you know, and I've said it before, I'm not nearly as informed as you are. And I don't make the effort to be informed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't judge you for, like, 
whatever your opinions are or what you're thinking or anything like that. Like, nothing that you think, you know, unless you were like, hey, I really think that, like, killing babies uh, after they're born is, like, a pretty cool thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's limits. <laughs> exactly. There's limits. Yeah. But, um, just, I don't, the, the, you know, there's nothing that you can say to where I'm just like, I don't think I can be in a band with you. It's yeah. like, maybe some of our opinions differ. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe I could change my tune at some point. You know, I think maybe if I was, if I was uh, personally more informed, like if I made more of an effort to be informed on what was going on politically, I would pro- I might be on your side. Or at least, you know, just be like, oh, yes, I, I heard about that, and yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I might agree with you more. Um, but, I mean, take Abertooth, for instance. I know that I know from their lyrics yeah. and shit that they're they're quite far left. Yeah. I have an Abertooth Lincoln shirt in my closet, and, like, yeah. I've gone to see them. And, and they're great times, friends and, of ours. And Yeah, and I, I hope that we can continue playing together for a long time, you know. Um I would never be like, I only want to play with bands who have members whose political views line up with mine. I, be, well, for one thing, um, I'd probably be playing alone a lot of times because creative types in general are generally left-wing, left-wing left-leaning, right. you know, so it's like, and even socially, I would say that I'm still fairly left-leaning on a lot of things, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not in that camp who, uh, who is like ready to um, dispense with those who who don't line up exactly? It's like I, I just think that that's silly. I think it's childish. I don't think it's gonna. It will. It will not lead to anything good. I can tell you that much. You know that's why the shit. Like I was saying with the uh, this YouTuber, it's like that. That's that's not going to do anything good. That's not going to deter anyone from believing the things they believe. The only thing it's going to do is ramp ramp things up. It's going to increase the tension, and it's going to further divide the sides. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that that shit calms down, because we should be able to disagree. We should be able to have conversations about our disagreements like adults. And you should be able to still disagree after the conversation. Yeah, it's not like, I don't think that when you talk to someone, it should be all about trying to make them change their mind it should be about explaining yourself properly. So then, if you have a view that is worthy of, um, I don't know, if, if you have a view that has a viable alternative, let's say, you should be able to explain why you believe what you believe, and the other person should be able to do the same thing, and then at the end of it, you can both be like, well, I still disagree with you, but I understand why you think that. And I think that that's that's like understanding. That's that's like finding the common ground there. It's like you both know that you have reasons for feeling the way you do. You can still shake hands and walk away and be friends. So I wanted I don't know why I thought about this, but I wanted to talk about it. Now just give me a minute to find out. Remember who posted it. We will give Bender just a second to flip through Facebook. I have to scroll through Facebook. Just gotta do some scrolling. Yep. Hopefully, it's not too far down here. Oh, he shared my post. Who's that? Uh, I mean, I 
you know, oh, just a person. Not that many people listen, but I'm not going to say who it is. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> Bender had a post shared. Posts were shared. One, um, uh, my Monster Movies post was shared mm. by this uh, friend of mine. Maybe it's farther down than I thought. Like, I mean, you've you talked about it last week where it's like your parents are fairly right wing. And Especially my dad, yes. And so it's like, you know your dad. You know, obviously, your dad's not a, a fucking Nazi, you know, so... Right. Uh, for my dad's goddamn Jewish, for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah. So, okay, your dad's not a Nazi, but he's still a right winger, and you know you wouldn't want someone to just come up and start beating the shit out of him because they found out that he voted for Trump. Yeah. Like how stupid is that? Yeah, I know. It... So this is what I wanted to share. I don't know this this whole co- sort of political thing got me thinking about it. It's not political, but. The conversation is veered this way. So my friend just posted this this picture. Okay, it's a it's just a picture. It says, "Orange is the new black." Warning! Exclamation mark. Season six, episode one. Warning. Uh, I haven't made it past episode one just because I haven't had time today. Been busy with work and all. So here's the reason for this post. All caps, bold letters. There is a scene depicting self-harm. Back to regular typing. I don't want people to have flashbacks or relapse because of the issue. They also depict the aftermath, parentheses, the immediate, with blood and post-medical visit, end parentheses. It is within the first few minutes of the first episode. It's revealed as a suicide attempt, so viewers, please view with heavy discretion. Season 6 is the newest season on Netflix, so please be careful. There have been so many of these on Facebook. Is that something that gets... Trigger warnings. Yeah. It gets shared all the time. There was the same thing. Netflix, 13 Reasons Why, Season 2 finale. Uh, there's like a 10 second scene where a boy gets raped by a mop head. Like some other boys bully him, push him into a stall, and pull his pants down and stick a mop you know yeah and but it's like 15 sec 10 15 seconds you know mhm just and just, but this is a thing now where it'll get circulated around facebook these trigger warning posts and i'm just like it it brings me back to that conversation we had about how college kids can't take a joke yeah i told you i watched that video from viceland i believe i talked about it on the last episode um, where, you know, comedians that perform at colleges are screened to make sure that they don't have any jokes that could be deemed offensive to people. And it's just like... Ten years ago, you know, when I was 18 years old... Now, you know, a lot of this is coming from a place like, I've never had an issue with self-harm. Like, I've never struggled with that. I know plenty of people that have, you know, um, so, you know, take my opinion knowing that, but it's like 10 years ago, if there was a show or a movie or something where somebody cut themselves, people wouldn't be like flipping a shit about it. 
And you could, like, make... Well, same thing with, like, Blade being black. Yeah. It's just, like... That whole thing was, like, a... That was, like, a staple of scene culture at one point. Oh, yeah. Like cutting yourself. Yeah. It would... Warnings. That was like all anyone was posting. Yeah, all you know? they would do is oh, cut myself. So there's fucking have, songs about it. Cut uh, my wrist and black my eyes. Yeah, I mean, people on their, you know, people would have banners with like razor blades with blood, you know, or uh, show like an, yeah, an arm, an arm with, like, dripping and cut marks and shit. And it's like, dude, okay, well, I don't think people became that much more sensitive as a species. Over the span of ten years, so something's going on socially where there's there's an agenda being pushed, where it's like you've got to sort of kowtow to everyone's uh, what I don't know um, what everyone's weaknesses or their their fears. Yeah, or you their, have to you have to coddle them. Yeah, whereas People... in the past, I think what would have happened is. Let's say you did have an issue with self-harm and you sat down and you watch a show and you start having like a really bad reaction to something you see, that might tell you, I've got an issue that I need to get help with. I need to see someone because a TV show just sent me into like a downward spiral that, you know, gave me a, a panic attack or something like that. And now it's like, instead of telling people that they need to get help and learn to move past it and get stronger as an individual, then it's just like, no, we need to change the entire world so that they don't encounter anything that might make them feel uncomfortable. And that's the that's the wrong way to do it yeah. because the world is never going to be a safe place. No. People... People are so concerned. People themselves, you know, so take this, this particular... You know, discussion, for example, you know, people that have struggled with self-harm, some, not all, you know, um, and social justice warriors are so concerned with, yeah, exactly, making sure that those who have self-harmed are never confronted with that ever in their entire lives ever again, and that's just... You are not going to move past anything by hiding from it. And the world is not going to change for you to make sure that you are okay. Like, you know, you... People... I think people want to be saved... And they want to be helped by something, but people don't realize, and the ones that get better do realize, nobody can help you except you. Like, if your personal feeling, if your mental state is that to where, you know, you can't cope or you whatever, like, you have to find the help. That help may come in therapy it may ha it may come in getting a dog it may come in medication it can come in thousands of different forms everybody has a different help yeah you know but it still takes that initial search mm -hmm. by you you have to commit to getting help to be helped and i just think and and like but everyone is so like 
well, the world needs to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah, it's like after Trump got elected and you heard stories where college campuses had these safe spaces where kids could go. Kids, they're adults. They're college adults. Could go and they had coloring books and hot cocoa and like blankets that you could curl up in because someone got elected president that you didn't like. I it just it's absurd. Yeah. That you you go to college to be challenged. You should go there and have all of your beliefs challenged to the core so that you leave knowing why you believe the things that you believe. Going out into the world ready for uh, adversity and ready to have people not give a shit about your feelings. Yeah. Um, because most people don't. That's the reality. Yeah. And so if you're coddled all the way through, uh, through those years where you're supposed to be transitioning into an adult... You're going to get out into the real world and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be knocked down. And I, that might have something to do with why so many people are depressed is because they've been so coddled. They, they're confronted by reality and they don't know what to do about it. And they're told it's not their fault on top of that. And then they're told that there's nothing they can do. That the world needs to change for them first. And that's never going to happen. So, you know. It's a, and it's, you know, and I think... I don't want people to, you know, speaking after a 10% alcohol beer, I don't want people to, like, confuse that we're, like, talking down about anybody that struggles. Like, I don't even want to say a particular ail, you know, ailment. It's just, like, anybody that struggles. Yeah. It's like, we are trying to empower people exactly to be their own person yeah you have the strength to stand up against the world to make yourself a better person not the the world's never going to change for you so you need to find the strength in yourself to change and we want that we want people to be like i'm me i'm an individual I am exactly who I want to be. Like, I believe this. This is why. Like, you're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. You know, you're allowed to come to that conclusion yourself. But, like, if you're struggling with something, like, you can help yourself and you can you can fucking do it. Yeah, part of that, part of that journey might be going and talking to a therapist and having them say, you know, things have gotten so bad in your head that you, you need to take this pill to like even yourself out so that you can start to think clearly again and make a plan about what you're going to do with your life. And you that's know? okay. That's fine. That's that's one route. But um, no one's going to do that for you. No one can force you to do it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't... I'm not like a throw-a-pity-party guy. Right. But I've been through some uh, some very rough things in my life and um and dealt with a pretty unique uh mental ailment you could say uh at one point for several years that i couldn't even expect most people to understand it's it's a strange strange thing and i i could like do a whole podcast on that sometime for anyone who may be listening who has happened to uh, endure that themselves but anyway it's you know it's like a it's like a dissociative disorder it's fucking weird and like i didn't even know what it was 
uh, for quite some time. I thought I was like, I thought I'd lost my mind basically. And it's like, uh, well, it's called depersonalization slash unreality. And it's this really, really fucked up disorder. And, you know, I didn't know if I would ever feel normal again in my life. You know, it was, it's, uh, it's insane. Anyway, it took, I mean, it took me years to move past that, but the way that I got out of it was to start operating as if I was not in that state, basically kind of the fake it till you make it type of deal where it's like, if you sit around dwelling on it constantly, which I think is what a lot of people do and it almost becomes a badge of honor. Like I'm so fucked up, you know, and then you wear that on your sleeve and then you're afraid to get better becomes, it becomes a part of you. It's like, I'm the depressed person and I'm so down all the time, and I, you know, feel bad for me, send me good vibes and all this shit, you know, I need this, and I need this from everyone, but meanwhile, you're not doing anything to, to better your own situation, and you will never, ever, ever get out of it, if that's, if that's the strategy that you have, yeah. it won't work, um, and that was like one of the, I, I, I realized that, because on the, like one of these forums that I used to visit for people who were experiencing this, it was like I would get on there and read stories and stories and stories, page after page of people who are suffering, and it like gives you a calm for a little bit. You're like you're reading how other people are suffering, and it's like, well, I'm not alone, and that's kind of good at the beginning, but then, you know, one one time I read a post and like this person kind of came back and they're like, as someone who's been through this and come out the other side, my advice is to leave this site and don't don't check it again. Stop coming on here. Stop reading other people's stories. Go out and live your life, and um, and and don't try to deny what you're feeling, but don't let it uh, don't let it put you in a place where you don't want to be. Don't sit inside all day. Don't be afraid to go out and interact, even if you feel terrified. Um, and that's what I started doing, and that's when that's when progress started to happen. And I think that's what people need to do. That's why I think this trigger warning shit is, it's not only, not only is it, uh, let's, <clears throat> I don't know, not only do I dislike the idea just because, uh, because of the intentions of the people who are putting this out, people who are doing this, spreading these messages, I think because it makes them feel good, you know, they're not necessarily doing it because they think they're going to help a lot of people, they, they, they share something like that, and they're like, look what I've done today. And then they get likes on it. And it's like, you're, it's not about helping people. It's about Popularity. being patted on the back yeah. for appearing virtuous and that kind of thing. Um, but not only do I dislike it for that reason, I dislike it even more because it's detrimental to the mental health of the people who are actually struggling, who have something to overcome. And they're not going to, if they start forming the belief that the world has to change for them because it's not going to, you know, like we said, this idea of safe spaces and all that shit, the world's not safe. You have to get tough. You have to be able to push back against it because the, the challenges, the adversity is never going to stop. Um, even if socially things are going just great at some point, everyone you love is going to die. You know, you're going to have to deal with that at some point. Um, you might lose your job. You might have someone crash into your car, even though you're a perfect driver, and total it. 
and you might be uh, unhealthy for a while as a result of that and hold up in your house with only your own thoughts to deal with. And you never know what's going to happen. You can get struck by lightning walking across the parking lot. The world's not here to make you safe. So while you are here, you've got you've to try to embolden yourself to live in a way where you're not frightened of everything all the time. So, that's, that's my little rant on trigger warnings. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I feel the same way. So. We just, you know, we believe in people, you know? Absolutely. And, like... I think it's I think it's okay to say um, if you know if you're struggling, you know, we're here for you if you need us. But I you know I generally believe in the strength of people. I think I think everybody is stronger than they think they are. You know I've seen enough. Um, I've seen enough people struggle and I've seen enough people overcome things to know that like nothing is too great for you to move past. And that's why I think it's an awful message to send people that you need to be warned about something that's going to be on a TV show that you're about to watch. Yeah. It's like, use, use your head a little bit. Think of the context of, it's like, okay, I can understand if there was like a rape scene in a Lego movie, no one sees that coming. Right. That's uh, you might want to let people know, uh, but that's why they have ratings because they do let people know to a degree. Right. And um, I'm pretty it, sure that one of the categorizations for an R rating because they put what's included <laughs> in the movie. I'm pretty sure if there's a scene of rape, it will say on the rating. Rated R for blah 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 and a scene of rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they let but you, you know even, ahead of time. But you could, you could probably extrapolate from the type of show you're watching what yeah. kinds of things you might see. And it's like when you're dealing with people in prison, and it's like an M-rated show. There's a good chance you might see self harm. Yeah. That wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. It wouldn't blindside right. you. Right. You just have to consider. The subject and the rating, and there could be endless. There's endless possibilities of what you could see if you're really gonna watch the show. You just have to be ready for it, because the world's not gonna be ready for you. Right, and on on the trigger warning itself, I mean, couldn't that trigger someone? Yeah, just like what if they don't? It? What if they don't watch Orange Is the New Black? And now you've posted this picture that's like, oh, there's a bunch of self-harm in it. And then this person's just like, oh, shit, I haven't thought about harming myself in a long time. But well, now, now just, I am. Yeah, and you put it in your head, in their head with your trigger warning. So that just goes I, to show you the, 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 the fallible nature of that entire approach. Yeah, it's, when I, it's flawed completely. When I saw that post, I almost commented on it because I believe we had just like talked about something of the sort. Mm-hmm. I almost commented on it and was like, "Hey, man, really, like, 
the world's not going to be the world is not going to coddle everybody. Yeah. You can't coddle people like this. Yeah. You know, I didn't because I'm just wondering, like I've never watched the show, but like I said, what do you expect? It, it, you know, it's not like a network comedy. I know I've never watched it, but I know it's a drama. Right. And I know, but I know it's very popular and I also know it's for adults and it takes place in a prison and it's like, that's not a fun place to be. I can imagine that there are probably some bad things that happen on that show. Some things that uh, might make certain viewers uncomfortable. And I can extrapolate all that without having ever watched a single episode of it. Um, yeah. And I feel like most people could probably do the same as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's, uh, that's a ridiculous thing. The world's not going to be ready for you. You should be ready for the world. And that's and it's okay to be that way. Yeah. Because you're strong, you know, and you're going to make it regardless. Regardless of what the world throws at you, like you can still make it. You have to believe that though. Yeah. Because if you take the if you take the opposite mindset, if you take the, the world view, has to be ready for you the world has to adjust to you and if you see yourself as a victim in every circumstance that's exactly what you'll be and and if you're unsure of whether or not you can make it through everything that you're confronted by then then you might not make it because the mentality involved is so crucial you know you perseverance i mean in in the mental realm um it's it's so much about belief, you know. It's it's not like, it's not like uh, preparing for something physically. It's like you have to you have to believe deeply. You have to know that uh, no matter what happens, you're not going to give up, and you're going to keep going. Like you have to kind of resolve to do that. And uh, yeah, I I don't know, um, but expecting things to get easier is is not the way that you want to go uh, you have to challenge yourself so you uh, you're not gonna get any trigger warnings from super divorce <laughs> no we're just gonna talk about shit and you're just gonna have to deal with it it's like we we went from reviewing pizza to this yeah so you never know where it's gonna go on the super divorce supercast so listen and find out even when we have uh like themed episodes we go off on tangents we do all the time we visit uh we visit visit the sidebar <laughs> have a few drinks over at the have sidebar. a few drinks at the sidebar <laughs> <laughs> and you never know what they're serving up over there no so it's just like bartender Give me, uh, give me one of whatever you want, and then he slides it to you, and that's it. Grab it, drink it, talk about it. Yep. So, I'm ready for practice. Me too. We're gonna go down uh, to the basement, and we're going to sing some songs. And I think we're gonna do that on YouTube. Yeah. So maybe at this point, once this video is posted uh, on YouTube, 
if that's where you are in fact listening, you might also be listening at superdivorceme.com or on iTunes. You can get it there. Um, you might we need have to put seen this, this on Spotify. Yeah, that'd be good to do. We need to put it on Spotify. <sighs> okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go sing our songs and do our dances. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for the outro, eh? Hey. Hopefully you enjoyed that, chefs. I did. I did too. That was uh, we we got. I'll explain. And the uh, we just recorded the intro. Now we're doing the outro because of the way that the episode ended. I'm gonna slowly bring the mood back up here okay. because because we ended pretty seriously there at the yeah, end. Yeah, we did. So um, so now here you are in the outro, and it's like, how are we gonna send you off? this week uh well for one thing uh for one thing i just want to let you guys know we appreciate you listening to this program uh no matter what your beliefs uh within reason we say within reason within reason if you believe uh heinous horrible things then we might have to uh ask you to leave um i i I can't, I can't get on board uh, with. Uh, I don't know what you said. If you if you thought that I wanted babies to be killed, you know, like a baby is born and then you post just kinda, birth, yeah, yeah, you just throw it out into the, the window the wood chipper. into the wood chipper. That wouldn't be a good thing. That's know? not. We we can't we can't quite accept that. If you thought that like, uh, if you thought it would be a good idea to to poison all the school lunches, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be good. Um, if you if you are a cannibal, you know yeah, that's not get on that's not super cool. Uh, I can't do we can't do pedophiles. That's, no, that's going to be another uh, no go. You know, and uh, I think uh, you can be a Trump supporter and not a Nazi. So yeah. I'll go ahead and say we don't. You know, we're not we don't really gel with Nazis either. No, if you are if you are a literal Nazi, then uh, I I will not be. Um, mm-hmm. I will not be welcoming you into my home. No, if you uh, if you call for the extermination of a of a race of people, mm-hmm. not really on board with that. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you are all in on genocide, uh, no, we're not gonna. You can get outside. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so. <clears throat> But we are about diversity of opinion here. So, yeah, like I said, within reason, uh, if you're the type of person who's like, I, I disagree with you on that, but I don't want to kill you, that's you're good. You're welcome here. Yeah, that's that's what we like. So, please, um, come back next time. Uh, see what we've got on tap. Join us daily, uh, because I've, I'm, I'm going live every day. So, you want to make sure that you subscribe to this channel and you bong the gong for notifications that way you will be alerted when the live video starts every day and then you can you can join the chat you can talk to us uh or just if it's just me you can talk to me you respond to all those messages um if you comment on this video we always comment back I had a fun exchange with a gentleman earlier today who's been commenting back on a star wars video 
where I was being a little silly and he didn't realize it. So, sir, if you're listening now, I was uh, I was being silly, but I wasn't going to spoil it. I'm going to have some fun. If you if you can't pick up on my on my tone, if you don't get my sense of humor, if you don't understand Nick's pleasant tone, yeah, if you don't understand my pleasant tone, and you don't pick up on my sense of humor, I'm not going to divulge the uh, the secret to you in that conversation. I'm going to have some fun. We're, we like having fun around here. Um, I'm not setting out to troll anyone. I just, uh, I have a, I have a kind of dry sense of humor. And uh, so if you join the live chats, just keep that in mind. Keep it in mind that uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm being silly. We want to have some fun around here, guys. Just, just hang. Just hang, hang out. loose. Hang out. Have a good time. Crack open a brewski. Sit down with your super divorced boys. That's what we do. We just drink and drink and talk. Yeah. So, um... Alright, so, uh, long-winded outro here, but anyway, uh, getting down to the the shill portion of the video, please, uh, we already said it, like and subscribe to this channel, bong gong for notifications, comment, if you want to follow Super Divorce um, on Instagram or on Twitter, it's just, uh, well, actually, it's at Super Divorce Band on Instagram, yep. and just at Super Divorce on Twitter, yep. if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, Look me up at Nicholas Villars. And Bender? If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, check out uh, at BenderButt. Please like um, Monster Movies on Facebook and also Monday Monster Movies on Instagram. Momster. Mary Omega Mary. Yep. Momster Movies. Uh-huh. Uh, that's it. I'm not on Twitter. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> You, I feel like you've been trying a little bit. Not I mean, really. No? A little. I tweet like once a week, maybe. <coughs> and I don't ever look at it. Like, I think I don't... the problem is you don't follow enough things that you're interested in. Maybe. Like, I bet if you followed like every horror director that you like, and like uh, people who do like VFX and shit, it'd be more interesting for you. You uh... just have to follow the things you're interested in, because then you get like a constant stream, and you can refresh, and there's usually like five to ten new posts you haven't seen yet. And nah, can... fuck those people. Yeah, okay. Well, Bender says, Bender doesn't like us Twitter folk. I don't like Twitter. Okay, very well. That's fine. So, uh, we're going to go downstairs and play some music. See you on YouTube Live. Um, oh! What's that? Uh, the records fell over. Some records. I need a new Super Divorce record because my parents gave mine away. Oh, no. Like, I was like, hey, look at this. And then I actually left at their house and they were like, hey, you guys have a record player. And they just fucking gave it away. What like, the what the fuck, man? <laughs> I told them, too. I was like, bro. I was like, I was just showing that to you. <laughs> okay. Well, um, hopefully you guys joined us on YouTube. By the time this is posted, the YouTube session will have been over. But I yeah. uh, hope... We, I hope that when you're listening, you're the type of person who's already seen the YouTube video. Yep. Anyway, if not, uh, have fun. Hey, we love you. Bye. Bye. Super divorce. <laughs>